All right. Welcome to the Lead in Davis Put a Lid on It podcast. I'm your host, Dan Linford, and I am uh, meeting with two exceptional guests. Uh, Sean, introduce yourself. Uh, Sean Johnson. I'm an assistant at Bountiful High School. Okay. Amber? I am Amber McAnally. I'm the lead administrator for Davis Connect K6. Awesome. Well, it is good to be with you today. Okay. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you some questions. And we really hope to probe the depths of your souls and really know the true you by the end of this podcast. So let's jump into it. Uh, the first question I have for each of you, and I'll, I'll try to switch it up. It's, it's easy to do that with two people. So um, the first question, what is your favorite midnight snack, Amber? Chocolate chips and popcorn. That's excellent. Sean? Oh, problem is I eat so much that I don't know I narrow it down. Just whatever's available. I'm not picky. Mm-hmm. No pickles. Other than that, I'm good. Anything but pickles. Anything but pickles. Okay. All right. Little. Okay. <laughs> Great. Excellent. We'll move on. Okay. Sean, when listening to the radio, what song do you have to turn up the volume and sing? Oh, Jesse's Girl. Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. Yeah, what absolutely. Is that, like, circa 1985, yeah. something like that. I love that <clears throat> oh, song. Yeah. Jesse's yep. Girl. Amber, how about you? The Way I Talk by Morgan Wallen. The <laughs> Way I Talk. I bet. I bet you're belting that in the truck, in the pickup mm-hmm. truck as it comes. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Amber, your favorite TV series or movie? Favorite movie, Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Well, there's a theme with you. Yes, I think so. Sean? It's an old movie. Nobody's probably heard of it. It's called Victory. It's my oh, favorite movie because it. it's Pele, Pele's in it, Sylvester Sloan's in it. It's oh. historical and soccer. It wraps everything up all in one little bundle for is me. It, you say it's historical, and I get it's Ish. Is it? Is it? Was there a soccer team that escaped the Nazis? Is that what it was? I don't know if it's historically accurate, <laughs> okay. but it had a historical theme. How about Isn't incredible. Was that the only movie Pele ever did? You think? I have no. I should know that. He doesn't strike I, me as an actor. He wasn't an actor, but okay. he's a great soccer player. The, maybe the greatest. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Excellent. What? And and this is for you, Amber. What is the one day that you will always remember? <laughs> Sorry, this might get serious. Uh, today, actually, November 4th, 1997, my dad died. It was, I'll never forget that. Heavy. Yeah, sorry, that was heavy. No, no. <laughs> How old were you? I was 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a huge difference, right? The age, yeah. Sean. Um, my brain also went real serious. Uh, I've got a few, unfortunately. Uh, the day my brother died was was a big day, so I, it's burned into my brain. So yeah, not to be a downer, but yeah, yeah. Was... yeah and do you think it makes uh, it makes a difference? That's interesting because you know I I've lost a brother and a sister and uh, and a father, but I but I think that it makes a difference. And I'm not trying to make this whole podcast really to, you know <laughs> uh, more of a downer than it has to be, but it, it makes a difference how old you are. Definitely. I think mm-hmm. when it happens, how much it's seared in your brain, the date, you know, yeah. that idea. Um, yeah. Powerful. It makes us who we are. Right. Absolutely. Um, Sean, on a lighter note, okay. uh, this might be easy, but who is your favorite team of all time and explain it. Favorite team of all time. All time. 
So I've got to go with the Los Angeles, or sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so much so that I may or may not have a tattoo on my body for the Raiders. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're pretty committed to the team. I, I have been committed since I was a kid, so yeah, it's I love them. We can't win a lot, but still love them. Well, this, yeah, it's it's horrible because I'm a Broncos guy, and I know <laughs> there was a there was a point in time when that meant something with those two teams. We could have a fist fight over it at recess at South Cliffville Elementary. Amber, same question. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to follow the theme, and you probably can guess. So, a good old Dallas Cowboys. That's Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. When I was six, um, my dad purchased me a Troy Aikman signed helmet. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I still have it, and it's prized possession. When I was a kid, you know, everybody was either like a Cowboys or a Steelers fan, it seemed like, during that era. And my my mother bought us all pajamas, and my brother, my oldest two brothers got the Steelers and got the Cowboys. And then I was, I had, I was... I was forced to become a Seattle Seahawks fan because my mom liked the color. And so I had pajamas and a robe and a little coat nice. that I wore. And people would ask me about the Seahawks, and I, you know, had no clue. Okay. Um, Sean, thinking about your greatest experience being on a team, and it could be any team, talk about how the leader helped the team work together effectively. Okay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. This is a, another sports reference. But um, my junior year in high school, played soccer for Vermont, and we won the state title that year, which is an amazing experience. But we had a captain, um, two actually, Dave and Jeff, and they were the definition of sacrifice. They gave up a great deal personally to make sure we succeeded. It's kind of a longer story, but I'll just say that, that they just, they demonstrated what it meant to be team and we all followed. So. It's awesome. Amber. Yeah. Um, I would think about it kind of in general. Um, when I think about my kids and their sports teams and I think about work and the team that I work with, um, one of the things I love is that before the work starts, we play, whether it's, going to the park or doing a craft or going to somebody's house and having a swim party, whatever it is that connects the team first before the work begins, I think is super important. Awesome. That's pretty core. And we talked about that earlier before we were recording about, you know, the best teams I worked on were those teams that worked hard, play hard. But a key element that, that probably oversimplifies it. I think you can only pull off playing hard and then truly working hard if you have that commitment, if you have that team commitment, if you have that leadership, if you you have that shared vision. Um, Next question for you, Amber. We live in a world with a lot of us versus them mentality. What do you believe is one thing you can do to address the us versus them thinking? Mm, That's a great question. Um, We are the world. We're, We're all in the world together. Um, we're the us and the them. So just because we think that's them and this is us, they think the opposite. When in reality, we're all in the same boat. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And you didn't even have time to think about that. That's a great answer, Sean. Yeah, no pressure. Um, no, I. it's kind of funny because I, I don't know if we'll talk about our projects. My project kind of is this. Um, so I won't go into a lot of detail in case there's that question coming up. But for me, it's it's just one step at a time, one connection at a time, 
so that I'll use an example with Amber. So before our last LID, um, Amber and I just, I mean, we we knew we were on the team, but never really talked. And we made a connection that day and we got to know each other a little bit better. And so, yeah, it, it's when you figure out that other people have real stories and are real people, it, it changes the dynamic. You know, it sounds funny. Amber and I have spent maybe a complete five minutes, five minutes together total. But I consider her a friend because we, we were able to, to talk about our lives. And so for me, it's just that one one interaction at a time. And I think it builds. One at a time. I love it. Last night I was uh, doing a, a, a webinar uh, about our bond. And uh, the last question talked about, you know, why should I why should I vote for the bond in, in when I don't have any projects? My school doesn't isn't getting anything. And this quote came to my head. I probably massacred it when I said it, but it, this idea that the true meaning of life is planting trees under whose shade you don't expect to sit. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is this idea of uh, that you're talking about that we're all we're really all in this together. And 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 that's what you said, Amber. And then Sean, you followed up with the how too, right? The one at a time. You know you. You, you got to do it one at a time. It's got to be personal. It's got to be one human being to another one at a time. Excellent. Okay, Sean. Yes, sir. What experience from the interconnection lead in Davis session was most memorable to you and why? So this last session, interconnection. Oh, I, I think it was uh, the opening, our opening activity that, that Casey and Brad conducted where we were in our boxes and then he'd call out something. And so you had to step forward if it applied to you. Um that in and of itself was okay, but I think when he made us talk about that and process it afterwards, that was by far the most impactful for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so powerful to be able to sit in a room with people you you don't really know and then discover how much you have in common. And sometimes it's the celebrations and the tragedies that bring you together, that make you see people for people that we're all just trying to be cute, good humans yeah. together. Yeah. What, and a follow-up question to that. What was, what was the hardest question? What was the question that gave you the most pause stepping forward? I'm just throwing that out. Either one of you jump in. Uh, well, Casey put me on the spot a couple of times, but he knows me, so I, I, I get it. I'm not mad about it at all. Um, he asked me... Um, well, he asked me about my tattoo. We already talked about my brother, but I think it was the most difficult when he asked me about why I have long hair, because um, then I'm speaking about his daughter who passed away, and I, I, uh, I'm amazed every day at, at Casey Layton. I, I just am, and I know I'm biased. He's he's my my family, but um, that was hard just with him in the room, and you know. But I I knew he asked for a reason, so gave me permission to. Yeah, it was a tattoo question that brought us together. It was that mm-hmm. yeah. brought me and Sean together. Yeah, last year our group last year that was that was kind of the question that and more than any you could ask them anything but step forward when I have a tattoo and a lot of people <laughs> looked at each other. One brave soul steps forward and and some people wear their tattoos on their sleeve, right? <laughs> and then <Literally>. some people <laughs> it's hidden and they said and honestly, part of me you know that made me feel introspective about where we are as a as an administrative community within our district that if folks the reason it's hard to step forward is the judgment, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, this feeling of, oh, no, I'm in one, <laughs> one of the people said I'm in Davis County and I'm about to tell everybody I have a tattoo they don't know about. Um, but powerful. It's, it's crazy that that's one of those questions, but it is. Um, Amber, what is your lead in Davis personal project? So I'm at Davis Connect, which is an online school. And so part of my project is redefining all the procedures and policies and um, things that we do that are different. So, uh, for example, just writing an attendance policy uh, requires months of working together as a team collaboratively, redefining what is attendance. What does it mean to be engaged in the classroom when the kids are all at home? So. My project is kind of probably a multi-year, multifaceted um, project. Mm. Yeah, that is, and and that complexity that you're talking about is probably you know less than a, a generation away from everybody having to have those conversations and figured out. So, in terms of policy and practice, that that's pioneering, but it's really critical because there are a lot right behind you on the trail in regular ed traditional education settings. Sean, same question. Um, my project is um, bringing storytelling into our district for the purpose of um, creating a better culture. Uh, it, you know, you going back to our last session that we were just talking about, you, if you hear somebody's story, whether or not you agree with them, whether or not you, it doesn't matter. They become a different person. They become more human. And so for me, the focus is obviously on a high school. So for Bountiful High School, getting students, I, I want to teach them storytelling skills because that's a skill. Public speaking is a skill. But my, my most important goal is creating a safe space where they can share their stories and that others can hear those stories. Um, I, I just think that when you talked about it's us versus them in a high school, there's a lot of us versus them. And but you can watch it as as students learn about each other it starts to disappear a little bit and so that's my goal is to try to change a, a culture by storytelling awesome you know we had a group come through the district to to you know, help partner with us but part of that their their goal was they were they were talking about storytelling um and and really telling history through story and they were you know their focus was on veterans of wars and those things but um Shortly thereafter, we had another group reach out to us about writing those um, very short stories, those six-word stories, and the famous uh, Ernest Hemingway story, the saddest story, and the fewest words. And it was something like uh, "baby shoes for sale, never worn." Mm -hmm. You know, and that idea of I it, it really got me thinking about stories and the power of that, and how in our in our world we've kind of left it behind. That was something I think was a mainstay. Uh, for hundreds of years telling our story and yeah, it's kind of way. Well, now it's all 18 second TikTok bites, right? Yeah. And that, that's just not enough. To, I mean, those are interesting, but I want to, I want to go deeper than that. So awesome. Well, uh, this next question is kind of a follow up on that. Um, Amber, what pattern from interconnection has had the most effect on your leadership in your Davis personal project? I'm going to probably choose collaborative and decision-making. Um, not just am I having to collaborate with my teachers and my team, but I'm having to collaborate with also the principal of 712, the director, and 
Um, last year, we have kind of a cohort among principals across the state that are also in online schools. So I'm having to even venture out to them and say, what are you doing about attendance? What are you doing about behavior and, and all those kind of things? So it, being collaborative, not just in the people that are near me, but extending that even further to get more input. How's that been going? It's awesome. Awesome. We meet um, every couple of months and we discuss everything from behavior, uh, enrollment, attendance, and it, it's been it's been great. It's awesome. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. find a manual for that nope. for online school. Excellent. Nope. You're writing the manual. Excellent. Sean, same question. What pattern from interconnection has had the most effect on your personal project? Uh, genuine in interactions and intent. Um, when you deal with so many different students as an administrator, um, the, the person that got me into education, my mentor, told me, you're going to get a year older every year, but your students are going to stay the same age. And that's the hardest thing about education. And it proves true because I don't understand what half they're, I don't understand what they're saying half the time. It's just a generation gap. But what bridges that gap is letting them know I'm, I genuinely am interested in what you're saying to me. So I, I take that and then bring it into this idea of helping them share their stories. Be genuine. Be, be vulnerable if we, if we can get that far. But certainly just I, I think the, the key is I genuinely want to hear what you have to say. You know, when I first started working on the, what I call cards, you know, the, each of these uh, attribute cards, um, I was concerned that I was writing something that was going to be very rote. Like, how do you how do you teach leaders to just follow this, the steps? Here's the paint by number card. And if you just do these things, you'll get it. And so you'll see throughout, you know, of course, there's been several iterations and lots of teams have, have changed and each team has made it their own. And really, you know, we tried to dive into the research and look at best practice. But at the end of the day, I get really nervous handing somebody a card and saying, you should do this stuff and you'll be great. You should read this book and you'll be great. And so it's sort of peppered with words like genuine and intentional and authentic because that, if you do this stuff without that genuine concern and that authentic approach, if it's not in your bones and in your heart, all you can, you can follow the paint by number all you want. You won't be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're, uh, near the end of our podcast time together and it's been it's been great uh, getting to know you a little bit and hearing your responses um my final question um if if you could if you could say one thing uh to yourself to your to your high school age self sean and amber you know your high school age self if you give one bit of advice to yourself based on what you've learned in the last year or so as an administrator what would you give start with you sean uh, I think I'd tell myself to stay focused on what's important. Um, for me, that's being helpful and not getting caught up in the poor me moments or it's not going my way moments because that, to me, is irrelevant to the goal of being somebody that can help others. So, yeah, just keep your eye on the prize, I guess. Awesome. Ever? You don't have to be the expert. I was raised, um, you know, be perfect, be the expert. I love to research. I was the, the, 
goody two-shoes in high school that I felt like I needed to have all the information now. You don't need all the information now. You'll learn and grow as you go. Awesome. Well, good advice, both of you. And uh, thank you for spending this time with us and, and allowing us to you know peer into yourselves a little bit. Um, you're great people, great administrators, and we're, we're grateful that you're, you've joined the program and that uh, you're helping us learn and stretch and grow as you learn and stretch and grow. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.